thank you very much. It's a, really a tremendous pleasure to be here. The, um, the enthusiasm here, and especially last night, and, uh, is just absolutely infectious. What, what I'd like to do is share some of the enthusiasm that has only recently been developing in the field of spinal cord injury. Um, but it was not always so. About a hundred years ago, the real founding father of neuroscience, Santiago Ramon y Cajal, wrote that the spinal cord cannot be regenerated. The central nervous system, once damaged, is basically, that's it. There is no fixing it. And 30 years ago, textbooks were being written where chapters were devoted to the lack of regenerative ability of the central nervous system. Just 20 years ago, many scientists documented why the central nervous system could not regenerate if it was damaged. And one of the easiest things to study in the brain and uh, spinal cord, the central nervous system, is actually the spinal cord. So much of that work very pointedly said that the central nervous system may be damaged, but it cannot be regenerated. When I was in Cambridge, one of the, my real mentors, a real uh, heartfelt mentor there, told me, you should get out of the field of spinal cord injury because you can't publish in that field. Your career will go nowhere. Move into another field that is where you can publish. And um, I think that that's a reminder that uh, our mentors, our beloved mentors, we can learn both their good and their bad. <laughs> and so make sure that you, you look for both. Um, is it possible to show a video? I had um, brought a, a, a video, look at this. <laughs> I figured it might be possible with this crowd. <laughs> uh, what I'd like to do is just uh, show a two-minute video that uh, is an animation that um, really captures what it is uh, that I've done with one particular treatment for spinal cord injury. Um, I've always had this knowledge, it's not an arrogance really, that I could do something to treat this disease. And um, so I've been working for the last 10, 14 years on something, uh, and I'll just show you what that is, if we could play this video. What you're seeing here is an animation of a rat that's had a spinal cord injury. And it's a partial injury. It actually models the majority of human injuries, which are contusive. And you can see that the animal can't lift its belly off of the ground very often. Its tail is down because its back muscles aren't receiving innervation of the spinal cord, and its legs are moving in an uncoordinated fashion. That's because signals that travel down the spinal cord are being interrupted by a spinal cord injury. Most spinal cord injuries, about 90% of them, have a rim of spared tissue on the outside of that cavity. And if you imagine that these are your brain cells shooting down your spinal cord, they carry electricity to cause the legs and arms to move and all your guts and all that. And they do so because they're myelinated. They're wrapped like an insulator, like electrical wire, wires insulated. And that becomes lost during the course of spinal cord injury. So what I did was I engineered a cell type that replaces that cell. It's called an oligodendrocyte. It doesn't do much. It wraps fat around the nerves of your um, brain and spinal cord, and it allows those electrical impulses to travel again. And when we did this, this is what happened. The animals have almost a complete restoration of the ability to walk again. They lift their bellies up off the ground. Their feet move in a coordinated fashion, side to side and front to back. Their tail's up. That rat's not playing soccer, but it's doing pretty darn good. 
Thank you very much. I'm done with the video. So that um, technology I developed using human embryonic stem cells. It's a cell type where one can make two, can make four, can make eight, can make 16. And I'm doing my math now. And you can imagine that we could fill this room up from one single human embryonic stem cell. And in fact, all of the six years that went into that study, there is actually more data, not just an animation, uh, came from <laughs> one single couple donating a single sperm and a single egg. Like, that's incredible. It was the discard of a fertility clinic, the discard, tissue that was bound to be destroyed, we used after the mom and dad signed off the rights to donate it to science. One single couple, one single cell. And that has resulted in six years worth of research, several hundred of these animals being treated, and it's now being prepared for a clinical trial, which will be the first clinical trial in North America using human embryonic stem cells to treat this type of disease or anything like it. And we're, sh we're shooting for about six months to a year to begin in humans. So how is it that you get from the bench to the bedside, moving things into a human clinical trial? Uh, I have no idea. I had no idea. I'm a scientist, and when I looked to do this, I s soon found that you had to partner with biotechnology companies or form them yourself. It takes about 10 to 20 million dollars to do the pre-clinical, pre-human testing development and about three to 500 million dollars to do a clinical trial. That's a lot of money. The NIH won't give me that kind of money. So I have either founded biotechnology companies myself or worked with existing uh, companies in order to get that done. I'm not a business person, but I really wanted to get this work done. So what I'm trying to do is not brag and say that I'm a smart business person. I'm actually not at all. My, uh, my trick of the trade there was just to take the science and let the science lead. And people are smart. They understand that they can make money off of it, that they can uh, uh, treat humans, et cetera, et cetera, that it's clinically viable and commercially viable. So let the science lead. So this technology and another technology um, that I developed that's actually now in clinical testing for spinal cord injury in humans, um, I did so by ignoring the dogma that this type of work just could not be done. By wearing one single hat where you invent the technology and then you develop it. And people may look at that and say, well, now you're a scientist and now you're a business person. Well, there is no such thing you have a vision. So I would encourage you to take that vision, whatever it is that you have, and forget about society's hats that they like to put on you. You're a medical doctor, you're a PhD, you run companies. You're none of those things. Those are simply rooms you step in and walk through on the way to whatever ambition it is that you wish to do. So if there's a lesson to be uh, learned from, by me from this path that I've been on, it's that there, it, Basically, believe yourself. There is no dogma. There's only your own desire and basically how much will you have to put into seeing that thing come to fruition. And I think the other lesson would be to make sure that you have a lot of fun along the way. So thank you very much.